what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, December 21st, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelia Jr. Joining me is the Nitro Rifle from home, Andy Cortez. Back in Texas. This is where it all began, Bless. Okay. I woke up this morning. It's December 21st. It's about 81 degrees outside. It's miserable. It oh my god! So hot in this room. Are you, what, oh what's, the, what's, what's the attire you're wearing? Because I know, like San Francisco is usually light jacket, jeans, whatever. At, back at home, I uh, assume you're in shorts. You got a sleeveless shirt going shorts. on. Basketball shorts, t-shirt. Yeah, you're still gonna you're still gonna sweat quite a bit. But yeah, waking up this morning, especially like you know, let me. I hope my parents aren't watching. But can we get the AC a little bit higher? Mm. Like, or can we lower the? You know, like why yeah. why do we gotta have it at seventy five, seventy six? You know, I'm saying, I'm saying, I just, I'm just not putting it together that you're you're in Texas for Christmas. I'm also going to Texas for Christmas. I got uh, a sister that lives in Houston, so I'm going to go visit her. How uh, is this a situation where we can where I can like drive over, we can hang out a little bit? How close is uh, Austin? It's a to decent Houston? drive. It's is it a like decent what? Amount of what a are we drive. talking? Thirty minutes? <laughs> about it's probably like six and a half, seven hours. Jesus. Um. Yeah, it's a decent amount of a drive. But I thought the same thing because I have to fly through to Houston. I was like, blessing, like we can coordinate the same flight. Yeah. Oh and my god. This yeah. would be Houston would be my layover, and then I just like Houston's always my layover. By the way, when you go to Houston, bless, mm. get that Whataburger in the Houston airport. Okay. Really? Get okay. The, just trust me. It's it's the best Whataburger in the world. It always is. Anytime. La, la, yesterday I went there. Will it let me down today? Absolutely not. It was phenomenal. Wow. I will say there is one specific Carl's Jr. that I'm a fan of that's at the, the LAX air, airport that I've had, I want to say, twice in the last year. And was, it, I think it's the thing where the, the SF terminal is always in like the same exact spot whenever you're flying from LA to, to, mm. to SF. And so like I, I've passed by that same Carl's Jr. twice. And the second time I was like, you know, the last time I went here, it was a pretty, I had a pretty good time. I'm going to go back to this Carl's Jr. once again. And it was a hit. It was a hit both times in a row. So shout out to that specific Carl's Jr. in LAX. What's up, Barrett? Wait, you know what? You, Carl's Jr. You're not messing with Carl. You prefer Hardee's? What's your thing, Barrett? <laughs> Isn't that the same thing, though? It is the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I know. swore off Hardee's, too. Like, I hadn't had Hardee's in, like, a decade. Because there was one time where I was having a Hardee's. Uh. And I was, like, halfway through a sandwich. And I was like, this is fucking disgusting. I never went back. Never say I, w I was having a Hardee's, you know, ever again, please. I uh, what is it about, like, the specific location that is, like, that's calling to you? For me with the Carl's Jr. Yeah. or for Andy with the with the Whataburger? I mean, I guess both. Like, aren't they getting the same shit? I mean, you would think, but people did, like. Here's the thing: whenever I get a lately, it's about a fifty percent clip of me being disappointed with Whataburger here in the Rio Grande Valley. When I see them buns, if them buns aren't shining, it's probably not going to be a great burger. I need some reflect. I need some specularity and reflectivity and moisture on the bun. I need it to look like. All right, there's a lot of grease on here, and it's toasted as hell, but there's, like, a decent... Whenever I've gotten burgers recently, it's, if it's, like, the most flat-looking texture you've ever seen in your life, mm -hmm. if it's not reflect... If you don't see your face back in that reflection, bless, it's probably mm -hmm. not going to be a great burger. The one in Houston Airport, it's always shiny. The the fries are always so salty and, like cr like, crispy. Oh, my God, they're amazing, dude. I think for me, it's the state of mind that I'm in when I'm at the LAX, LAX airport flying back to SF because it's never the thing of like, I'm never in, a, in like a fresh state. You know what I mean? Like it's always, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. You know, like I just got done with this big old trip. I'm tired. I like, I'm at this airport at like fucking 7 a.m. or whatever time it is. And I just need to eat something. Like I need to eat. I need, I need some, gar <laughs> some garbage inside of me. And it's usually Carl Jr. Mm -hmm. that I'm like, this 
fits like all this fits like every check checkbox i need right like it is fast food it is like if i'm getting breakfast right like they got a fucking crazy ass breakfast burger over there where they're just putting anything in that thing they got like um what like hash browns in that breakfast burger or like tater tots or some shit uh so i get that um and yeah like i don't know it's i, I feel like it always hits at the right time where i'm like groggy i'm in a fucked up state and i just need some garbage shout out to carl's jr in that airport also shout out to video game news because today's stories include are AAA games still sustainable? Uh, Overwatch 2 fixes and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use upper creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you a new Kind of Funny X cast is up right now, and it's their 2023 Xbox in review. Uh, of course, you can catch Snowbike Mike, you can catch Gary Witta, and you can catch special guest Angel Renee talking about Xbox's 2023 and giving the full recap for you. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Jackson Hampton and Delaney Twining. Today, we're brought to you by BetterHelp, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories for you today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Sony reportedly pressured its studios to make big cuts amid increasing development costs. This is being pulled from Wesley Yinpool at IGN. Following the release of data stolen from the Spider-Man 2 developer Insomniac, files have revealed Sony-owned studios were recently under pressure to make staff cuts amid big development costs that shine a light on the state of AAA development. As reported by Kotaku, the files also contain meeting notes that claim, quote, there will be one studio closure at PlayStation Studios. It is currently unclear if this claim remains valid. Uh, Sony and Insomniac are yet to comment. Elsewhere, files show Insomniac was under pressure to make budget cuts with 50 to 75 layoffs earmarked for the studio. Insomniac staff reportedly discussed how to remove 50 to 75 people strategically, as requested by Sony, with the best option supposedly to cut deeply into the Wolverine and Spider-Man 3 teams and replacing staff with team members from unannounced uh, new, Ratchet, uh, new Ratchet and Clank games and a new unannounced IP. According to the leaked documents, Sony has called on staff cuts across its first-party studios. Officially, we know of, of a number of layoffs at PlayStation Studios, including a wave of redundancies at Dreams developer Media Molecule, significant cuts at Destiny developer Bungie, and layoffs at The Last of Us developer Naughty Dog. Meanwhile, the documents reveal internal concern at the growing development costs of Insomniac's games. Uh, according to Kotaku's report on the breach, Spider-Man 2 development costs ran $30 million over its original $270 million and ultimately needs to sell 7.2 million units to break even. Spider-Man 2 was able to sell more than 5 million units in its first 11 days after release. Uh, the leaked documents show the increasingly precarious nature of AAA video game development uh, and production, which some experts have called unsustainable. Andy Cortez. Is AAA development unsustainable? Absolutely. 
Yeah, this you cannot keep on going with this amount of budget. And now one thing that this sort of report is showing more and more developers and more and more would be developers, maybe people that are wanting to get into the industry, that you will always be seen as a possible future redundancy. And whenever that new project is going to be worked on, how can we lower staff numbers to better coincide with what the budget is on this project? This just seems, uh, it's very discouraging, right? Because we we think of Insomniac as one of the most stable of all of the um, Sony first party studios. And it really does bum me out that it does seem like even they are going to have to really figure out what the hell's going on with their budget and with their staff numbers, uh, especially with having Spider-Man 2 costing way more than Spider-Man 1 cost. And I do wonder how much of the pandemic factored into that in terms of delays and maybe uh, some systems that needed better figuring out. Uh, a lot of that game was developed over the pandemic anyway. Mm. So I would like to see how much of that factored into it i don't think i think outside of a pandemic maybe those costs are a little bit less uh but that is still pretty that's a staggering amount uh for spider-man 2 to be developed for like that is shocking yeah and like i think this coincides with uh reports we had earlier there are the the microsoft xbox core documents talking about how much it costs to, to develop both last was part two but then also developed horizon forbidden west right and like this all kind of comes into this thing of where we're at in 2023 in terms of video games industry the amount of money that the video games industry brings in but also the amount of money that it takes to develop video games and where we've gotten to in terms of layoffs and changes of strategy and people in big company um, uh, big developers and publishers going oh man like we gotta develop games as service type games to retain a lot of this revenue or have at least like a revenue curve that isn't just all right, we put out a single player game and then boom, like we make no money after it, right? Like a lot of publishers, a lot of developers are trying to figure out how do we make more money long-term? And even that in the last year, we've seen that not be as successful as we've seen so many games, whether it be Rumbleverse, whether it be Knockout City, whether it be Destiny um, and Bungie with the layoffs that we've seen, right? And them talking about how uh, Destiny 2 wasn't able to hit the marks that they were wanting that game to hit in this year, current year. Even games as services struggling, which... You know, I think seeing this information come to light in terms of what this means for, I think, an organization that we view as as successful, right? Because PlayStation, successful, right? You can't really argue that they're not when you look at the console sales, when you look at the money being brought in, when you look at the, the, the brand. Even in the most successful forms that we see this in, it still seems like a, ooh, but we can't do this forever type situation, right? Like, how long are we going to be able to put out a Spider-Man 2, right? A Last of Us type game, a God of War Ragnarok, when they're costing this much and needing to sell millions and millions and millions to break even, but then millions beyond that to justify, okay, yeah, we did this, right? And I think there's also the argument of, well, first party games are often made to sell consoles. And so if we are selling 50 million PlayStation 5s, like we talked about the other day, if we're selling that many PlayStation 5s, does that then uh, justify the amount of budget that we're putting into making these big prestige single player games like maybe but also i think at the same time you look at these numbers and you look at specifically the idea of playstation wanting to make uh, cuts across the board between 
all of their first party studios, but then yeah, also look at Insomniac or also look at um, uh, their studios and go, all right, what, what studios do we need to close down? That tells me that, yeah, this is unsustainable, right? And there's something that needs to change. Um, and it's also a tough thing because I think the question is what does change? Like when you're PlayStation first party and you have these games that people love, do you go, all right, we're gonna charge more? Do you go, okay, we're gonna make these smaller scope and, and force our studios to make smaller scope games? Do you then, did you, <laughs> did you hear that, Andy? What yeah, I just heard? I did not realize that my mic was unmuted. I apologize. That was, uh, that was on me. That one was, uh, that one was on me. Did Chad hear that? Yeah, they Chad did. Heard Everybody heard it. Everybody heard my coffee burp. <laughs> just a fucking that burp that sounded like a fucking such a satisfying burp. <laughs> it was, it was. That's like one of the ones you let you let out in in, in privacy. Honestly, here's the thing. I'm glad that that happened when Kevin wasn't here because I like Kevin would be yelling at me after the after this. So bad. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Dude. And Paul, I thought you hit a soundboard button. Like, <laughs> I was like, what do I have plugged in here? I'm like, Oh, oh god fuck i lost what, what we talking about i forget, i lost whatever i was saying i think i was essentially saying that like yeah like oh what changes right like do you make the game shorter do you force your developers to make games like where does playstation go from here i think that's a um a big question mark also something i should have prefaced with that i meant to preface with but i forgot to preface with it uh you know of course like this whole week has been about the insomniac leaks and us addressing it us not addressing it doing all that stuff right uh one of the things that greg mentioned on uh, day one of the leaks coming out was the fact that like Hey, like we're gonna talk about this stuff, right? Like this is, it's. I think in that moment that it, uh, the the leaks were happening, right? It's that thing of, hey, we want to talk about the human element. We want to approach this in a way that we feel might do the developers justice. But a big thing we talked about on that episode is that we're not gonna ignore the information that's out there, right? Like we're we're going to reference things because the stuff is out there. Like we're seeing it, and I think for this story especially, it being about, hey, like. PlayStation is going to make is considering layoffs. PlayStation is considering like there, there's all this stuff going on that's going to affect the organization and the people there. I think that makes this a worthwhile story to talk about. Um, what to put out that, that that context I meant to put out earlier that I forgot. Um, but yeah, back to my question, Andy. Like, what does PlayStation do? Um, God, I mean, it it really does seem like either way they will end up winning and developers will end up losing and there will be job losses kind of regardless what road they take. I just, you know, it, it just seems like it's such an easy win when we're talking about money that isn't ours to be like, hey, CEOs and, and you know, heads of companies, you know, what if you took like like a little bit less money right you took a little bit less money but then you become a studio that everybody wants to work for and that all of the best developers want to go to work for because they feel like they have a long sustainable future and they don't have to worry about the next layoff and the next place that they're going to move and relocate their family we talk about how remote work has become uh really prevalent nowadays and how blizzard was kind of uh, against that and activision and and xbox maybe taking away the remote work stuff um it it i think that we will see inevitable price increases on games um in a in a real big sustainable way like i'm not talking a ten dollar thing i think we will in the next five years get like a 90 to a 100 game i Damn. think that 
that seems like the next best course of action. And I say best in like their eyes, um, because they still want to have big teams working on big budget games. But where are you going to make those those cuts at? I think that that seems like the next move. Either that, it maybe not a ninety or one hundred dollar game, but they're using a lot of different monetary practices to get that number up, to get the number, the average number price per customer up from the seventy dollar cost. Yeah, I want to bring in a question from Killian, who writes in the slash kfgd just like you can, and says, uh, "Good morning, KF crew." Uh, the past week has been pretty wild and has gotten me questioning the sustainability of AAA game development pipeline. With a lot of information coming from the Insomniac hack, seeing in plain black and white how much, uh, how much many of these big titles cost got me questioning, is AAA game development uh, bubble going to burst and could we be on the verge of another crash? The crash of 1983 was for different circumstances, but the fact that so many games are reaching over $100 million in budgets, uh, I just can't see this lasting much longer. I feel a lot of these big publishers have to put big breaks and really think over their plans before they go hurtling off of a cliff and the only people to suffer are the developers. I think to the question of are, could we be on the verge of another crash, I wouldn't put it that dramatically. You know, I think we're in a place with video games where we've gotten ebbs and flows, right? And I think part of that is the pandemic. Part of that is customer interest and how many people, and also like, you know, customer bandwidth in terms of being able to keep up with their favorite games and servers while also playing other games that they might want to uh, want to play. There are a lot of video game, video games that come out. I think this year is indicative of, oh, we're getting more games than ever at a higher quality than ever. But also this year is indicative of, oh man, we got to figure out the business side of it and how to treat the people that are making these video games that actually work in the industry well. And I think part of that has to meet in the middle. I don't foresee a crash, but I could foresee maybe a case in which you see a dip of quality of like, and when I say quality, I'm going to talk about ma mainly the amount of budget that goes in production. I think you might see a dip uh, possibly on the PlayStation side because, you know, I, I play a God of War or I play a um, Horizon, right? And for God of War, I'm like, man, every single hair on Kratos's beard <laughs> looks magnificent. Like every single texture in this game looks expensive. And I think for... PlayStation or any big publisher that is putting that amount of budget and polish into this into their into their stuff has to go okay but how much of this is worth it for what we're getting out of it right like are are we able to keep sustaining that I think is going to be the difficult thing I think you might have to see a meeting um a like leveling out of maybe these games end up shorter right like maybe the next God of War game isn't 30 hours maybe it is 15 hours right maybe the next uh uh, uh you know Horizon game isn't as um, you know, uh, plentiful of, of open world activities to do in that world, maybe they, st they start to pare down and go, what is actually like okay and healthy for the, um, the, the studio that is making this game and like the amount of money that we're gonna make back on this thing? I think those are the questions that, 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 that you start to ask. And I think at the same time, there's probably going to be like a technological aspect to it, uh, of it too. Of um, we've seen in, in, in prior years, um, certain publishers go, "Hey, we're all going to work on this same engine," and that I think comes with both its benefits, but then also its deficits. Of hey, that engine sucks, then that's going to lead to a lot of developers being unhappy, right? If you're making a game that doesn't um, uh, align with your needs uh, for what uh, for what that engine is, right? Then like maybe you see some friction there. I could see situations where play like we see PlayStation patent things all the time. I'm sure a lot of that is probably them on the search for 
how do we make this easier and how do we cut down on some of these budgets that we're putting into these games? Like, can we figure out either engine solutions or technological solutions to make games that are going to keep up with what our standard is, but then also not cost tens and tens or hundreds of millions of dollars in budget? Yeah, when, uh, I mean, the further and further the techno technology goes, the nicer things need to look or the nicest, mm -hmm. the nicer things, uh, the more people expect things to look nicer in terms of, you know, resolution and fidelity and everything. And we want every pore to look like it's right there in our face. And we want every like drop of sweat and blood to look really, uh, really nice on our big 4k OLEDs or whatever. But I mean, I think that I don't think we will in a, we'll see a crash, but we are, I think in that recession period of game development, when we talk For about sure. the amount of jobs that have been lost this year. And I think the biggest thing that I worry about is a lot of uh, the uncertainty surrounding jobs in this industry leading to longtime veterans of the industry calling it quits or making their own thing or, or leaving these big studios. We already know that there's a lot of big studios out there that purposefully put out these big trailers because they need people working for them. We know that there's a lot of need for positions in this industry. Um, and there just aren't enough people to fill these roles because, you know, maybe some people, uh, maybe some studios don't allow remote workers, you know, there's a lot of like weird things that kind of go into it. But I, I do worry about the amount of veteran leaders in this industry that, that are the, the senior positions quitting because like this this area is just so unsustainable i see possible unionization when it comes to developers coming together and saying we need to fight for a long-term contract of some sort and i see a lot of new people trying to get into the industry that you kind of have to be really online for you have to really be socially active when it comes to posting your work, posting demos of your art and, and things like that to get noticed mm -hmm. along with, you know, your, the usual, like you, you have your resumes up and everything like that. But I see a lot of people that want to get into the industry, maybe being discouraged by all the volatility around it. Like it's just, Oh yeah. At a point, Dude, I've, I've when you get to... into game development, I've, I was going to say, when you get into game it. development, you are taking less of a paycheck. Yeah, to do the thing that you love, like like I, several programmers that I worked with said, I could have worked way over, I could have worked over here for thirty k more, or forty or fifty k more, but I want to make video games because I love it and it's fun. And at that, at one point, especially with the everything else happening economically, at what point do people say, actually, no, it's just not worth it. I don't want to move my family of four from New York to Los Angeles if they're not allowing remote work. I'll just go ahead and work in security or whatever the hell you know 1000 percent. yeah like i have uh, i remember like a couple years ago I have, I have a cousin that works in tech or that, that goes to school and like um, studies like technology type stuff and i was t t um she was looking for like oh man yeah i'm trying to figure out like an internship opportunity and i was like i think i know of one in in video games and she was like no <laughs> like i am not doing anything yeah. in video games and i was like you know what fair like I, t I totally understand that and yeah i think to your point i think yeah that we're I, I think we're already there, right? But I think it's probably gonna, uh, we're probably gonna enter this recession period more and more in terms of like the people working in video games and like what all this means for jobs in video games. And like that is gonna have a trickle down effect on the end product of video games, right? Like games are, are gonna take longer to make. Games are, are you know, 
I think we're going to see the effects of this in many different ways in terms of the final product that we're playing and when we play it and all that stuff. Um, to bring it back even to the PlayStation side of things too, I think the everything that, that's in um, uh, this information drop here is also why we're seeing this game's a service push, right? I think that's why we're seeing them try to figure out like, all right, we have... 12 games of service games that are, are online service, the live service games that we have in development. I think they're banking on hopefully like if we can get a couple of these to be either Fortnite level or GTA online level successes, then that funds the rest of your PlayStation first party games like that could fund the rest of these single player games that we want to make, whether it be, you know, over at Naughty Dog or Sony Santa Monica or wherever. Um, I think that's what causes them to make this bet too. And it's that thing where it, it's, I, I I get concerned not like on like on a major scale right, but I think I get concerned on a, a little bit on the idea of if none of those hit, then what do you do? Like if none of these games or service games hit, then what is the plan for PlayStation right? Like do you keep losing money on this? Do you keep uh, yeah? Do we see the scales change of what these games look like? Um, I got a lot of questions, but we'll see if we ever get those yeah, answers. I, look at the end of the day, like I. I, you know, we, we just read that report by Wesley Inpool, and it is, it's such a bummer that a studio that, let me just do the math real quick, and this is just like rough math, right? Um, a studio that sold 33 million copies of Spider-Man equals out to close to $2 billion. Mm. Why is that not enough to foster a workplace that can keep, this, yeah. like, we uh, it's 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 basically when when the government says like prices just keep going up inflation blah 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 okay but like it, it, it's you're doing like you are in control of this you are in control of all of these problems that you're making you're you're the ones making these budgets and you're saying that it's unsustainable it really isn't like mm -hmm. the money is out there there's two billion dollars worth of income on spider-man one super approximation because of it, as of May 2022, it sold uh, over 33 million. So I just rounded it up to 35. Big deal, right? Yeah. But like the money is out there. To like w when you say that the budget for part two costs 350 million, we or 250 million or whatever the, the report was. Mm -hmm. There, like the money's there. It's just choosing to spend it in the right spots, right? And look in the fucking mirror uh executives like <laughs> you are not the right spot to spend the money in like I, people need to come to grips with that like and these devs and these employees that we the unionization needs to happen or else there will be there'll never be changed and you'll still see all the executives still raking it in you'll see we'll have more and more reports of um of uh embark or, or embracer group Mm -hmm. you know all their executives still making bank while everybody else is getting laid off like the the solutions are out there it's just when will we ever get to it and when will we get to it because the money's there the money's there to pay for everything one thousand percent story number two but that's the shares plans for starfield's first expansion and mod support this is cast marshall at polygon Bethesda's space-faring role-playing game starfield still has many updates to come according to a new blog post from the developer the blog post shares that Starfield has enjoyed the biggest launch in Bethesda's history with 13 million players since September. Feature updates will release every six weeks or so and, uh, and include, quote, everything from quality of life improvements to content and feature updates, end quote. 
Some of the new features on the way include uh, new ways to travel and city maps that allow players to jump around large locales like New Atlantis or Aquila City. Uh, we can also expect more ship customization options, new difficulty settings, the ability to add survival mechanics to the game, as well as sliders that can affect uh, carry capacity, vendor credits, and more. Official mod support is also on the way uh, in early 2024, Bethesda will release creations, which includes a creation kit and e exporter. Uh, mods have traditionally been a huge draw for Bethesda games and include both massive game-changing additions or improvements and lots of silly draws, like cool new hairstyles or the ability to summon an onslaught of thousands of cabbages. The blog, uh, the blog post also shares that the first major expansion, titled Shattered Space, is in development and will arrive sometime next year. It'll include new story content, locations, and gear. Uh, we don't know much about Shattered Space and whether it includes new revelations on the Starborn, but we'll have to wait and see how it comes together. And are you still playing Starfield? No, not with everything else out, no. I mean, I, I put my time in. It was... My hours count is very high in Starfield as as a uh, actually I can I can look it up real quick. Let me look up and see where Let's my say, what, what does my, your Xbox in review look like? Or your Xbox wrapped? I mean, my Steam in review. You mean like my my Steam yearly review is? Yeah, you think uh, he's playing games on a console? Bless him. He Star wants to get all the 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 ray tracing and the is Starfield oh, on? I, I assume you're playing it off Xbox on on PC. Oh no 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 no! no oh. I had it I had it on Steam. Let's see. Uh, 75 hours like i, I put okay. in my time for starfield um i have not been playing starfield I, I don't know if i ever will go back to starfield only because i i rarely go back to those uh to games with that sort of dlc anyway right like i i'm okay with where the story is for me just being a space cowboy i don't really need much more than that but it's always cool whenever people do come together to make these mods and get really creative uh when we and tam when me and tam were talking about this story last week before all of the details were kind of thrown thrown out there i just immediately thought of planetary travel like i want to be on a planet with a hoverboard instead of just walking to the next location that's like far off in the distance give me give me a little like speeder bike give me some sort of method of transportation where i don't have to slowly uh you know make my way across a big landscape um but yeah this is awesome dude i i love uh, one of my main worries was them getting so official with it is like is that in any way going to mess with real modders trying to get their stuff in there like i mm -hmm. I, I just worry that whenever a company says like, oh, modding, cool, yeah, we're down with that. And I wonder like, what sort of negatives does that bring, if any, uh, which is where my mind immediately went to. But uh, this is great. This is awesome for people who maybe want to get into that world and maybe start your game development journey with, you know, giving uh, uh, Vasco like a big dumper. You know what I mean? Like pretty yeah. much every mod is just give people big ass boobs. That's usually what happens. Is that what happened? Was that the was that is that what happened with Fallout Four? You had Nick Valentine walking around the big old dumper. I mean, you go to Nexus mods and like, you, you, when you sort by the top rated mods of all time, it's usually the really really important ones. But when you sort by recent bless, yeah, it's always just it's all sicko just, stuff. Yeah, it, like when I was looking up mods for Resident Evil uh, Two remake and Resident Evil Four remake, I'm like, what were well, you maybe for, I can Andy? get like a. Maybe I can get like a better cursor, a better thing. Like, oh, there's Ada sure. Wow, goddamn. Better cursor. Oh, okay. Leon Kennedy with a bulge the size of goddamn Wyoming. Like, it is <laughs> crazy. That he found his better cursor there. 
Jesus. But yeah, yeah no, wild. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of this is great info, right? Like, the, I, this city map thing was the thing that flabbergasted me while playing the game, where I'm like, I just want to know where I can buy certain things. Like, why can't I see where, what the city map is? Um, like a mini map type situation. And so, yeah, like, I, I'm glad, I'm glad they're adding that. And also, like, yeah, like I'm glad they're they're continually updating it. And uh, I think the idea of DLC is really exciting, right? Like, I think Bethesda generally does a really cool, uh, does does a really good job when it comes to big DLC expansions. And I think for RPGs like this, right? Like we talk about, we've been talking about DLC a lot in the last. I think few months because this year has been a big year for DLC and one of the things that I've always brought up is that like you know I'm more I'm I get more excited for like a Valhalla turn God of War into a roguelike type thing right or like give me the Hitman freelancer mode like that's the shit that makes me pop off but for big RPGs like this right whether it be something like Witcher or whether it be a previous uh, the previous Bethesda games right like I know the Fallout DLC was always uh, very exciting right and like um the Skyrim like Elder Scrolls DLC was always exciting uh you know, whatever they have planned for Shattered Space, I'm sure when that comes out, it's going to feel like a, oh shit, here we go. Like a big, big new story to, 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 um, to flock to. And like, I hope, go for it, go for it. I was going to say, I'm interested to see exactly because of the nature of Starfield's design and its gameplay and all of the seeming like infinite amount of endings, right? Like, even for people like me who never finished the core game because I ended up watching Greg's video and saw that I didn't want that for my future. Mm -hmm. I think about the difficulty in just trying to create a downloadable content that can work for everybody, regardless of where you're at in this universe. Like that's gotta be so challenging to, because yeah. Greg's on new game plus five. And so are a lot of the hardcore players, the people that you want to serve, right? The people that this is, you're going after the hardcore audience because they're the ones who are likely still sticking with Star with Starfield. And then how do you get in people like me who maybe never finished the campaign? How where where was where will this campaign take place? This extra sort of story See, content. I think that's the beauty of Starfield is that you could create a settlement on planets that already exist in Starfield. Like one of the things that disappointed me a little bit while I was playing Starfield early on is when I like found Earth and I landed, it was nothing, right? And then like you know, I won't. I don't want to spoil the story of like whatever happens happens. But like, I, I think it'd be so dope if in one of these expansions it was, hey, we've actually added in a dilapidated New York into into star into the Earth uh, Earth planet on Starfield. Now we have a whole mission that takes place there with a new faction that is the New Yorker faction, and they're saying New Yorker things or whatever. Like I think, <laughs> I, I I think there are creative things you could do there. Like maybe you do like something that has to do with Martians or like you know, like, and it doesn't have to be an our solar system. It could be in any solar system, right? Um, but yeah, like finding new interesting locations that you can just like place onto planets um, and create stories there. I think. I, I like I I think they've set up a sandbox here that could be really fun to to play around. Um, like well, for the thing I want, honestly, because the thing that I think for me the thing I enjoy the most in Starfield was some of the faction quests where it was oh man I'm going undercover on uh, uh, into like this pirate faction and I have to like do things and figure out what side I'm going to end up on at the, at the end of it. That was such a fun quest in that game, and I think. You, with a with DLC, you have way more opportunity to do stuff like that. Yeah, add in more factions, add in more like weird uh, space shit <laughs> that's gonna make me go, huh? Never thought of that. Like, I I uh, I I think you could be you can you can go a very exciting direction with it. Man, I was so disappointed by that by the ending of that faction quest. Man. Oh, really? But by, by the end of it, I'd like throughout all of it, I'm like, this is the greatest shit ever. And the way it ended, I'm like, ah, oh, that this. 
you're not you're, I should feel conflicted as to what side I should take, you know. And oh, dude, I, I knew what side I was taking. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a pirate all day. I know, but like I I just needed, you know, oh God, never mind. Well, that's spoilery Listen, stuff. I get it, I but get I was it. just disappointed. You know, cuz here's the thing. When you're when the bad guys are kind of like, "Hey, come with us," you know. The the New Yorker bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, get over here. Hey, hey get over here. Yeah. Um, you know, I need more I need more sympathetic cause to be like, oh, maybe they are right. But I, I just didn't really have I, I, I need the that. bad guy to be like to sit down with me and be like, you know, I, I was wrong about you. I'm really glad you're here, man. You know, this and I go like, oh, he's my friend. But by the end of it, he's still talking shit to me. I'm like, I don't fuck it, I don't fuck with you. Like, I What's don't the, well, there was like a meme forever ago that was like a kid who was like, I just want to do ratchet things with my friends. And it was like a kid who like stole a car and like crashed it. And like they're interviewing him in the news. He was like, I just wanted to do ratchet bad shit with my friends. And it's like, that's that's who I was. I was like, yo, I don't give a fuck about what, what, what I forget the name of like the police force or whatever that like put yeah, you undercover. Was it Freestar? No, Master it was the chief and his friends. It was the United yeah. Colonies, I think. It was uh where they they wanted I was I was like, yo, I don't give a fuck about you guys. I'm be honest. I'm just here to be a pirate. I want to do bad shit. Yeah, I want to go around, I want to steal shit. And that's what I did. It was a great time. But here's the thing, do ratchet things with my friends. Like, I didn't things. really feel like I had I didn't feel like I had hood rat things to do with hood rat friends. I just felt like I had hood rat things to do with people that kind of talk shit to me sometimes. I'm like, ah, but you're not. I need like a cool character over there to be like, oh, OK, mm. I, f I fuck with this because I like that. I like hanging with that dude. I didn't feel like th that was one thing that was really lacking for me with Starfield. It was like the NPCs and really wanting to uh, to hang with these people virtually. That's why I always took Vasco everywhere with me. Cause Vasco never judged me whenever I try to steal shit, mm -hmm. just a robot had no problem with it. I take my girlfriend, Andresia, God bless her, love her like massive dumper. I've, you know, <laughs> super in love with her. Yeah, yeah. But anytime I'd steal something, Andresia doesn't like that. I'm like, ah, just the, the, bring the robot over here. Get send her home, send her ass home. You know, yeah, that's why I fucked with my guy, Asterian. Cause Asterion was down forever. I could like fucking, I could walk up to somebody in Baldur's Gate 3, shoot them in the face and Asterion is like, yeah, fuck yeah. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about, Asterion. But right off the rip, he tried to fucking bite my neck and I'm like, I don't want you here. And man. I almost <laughs> let him, like, you see this guy? Like, come on, look at him. Asterion's so fine as hell. That they, that, I'm so glad you all clipped out the moment of Barrett burping. I was thinking about it as you were talking <laughs> I, about I, Starfield. I can't stop I thinking about that moment. <laughs> Because it was at, the best part is like we're having such a serious conversation, <laughs> and you see the most like long, relaxed burp. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be happy about that because I've talked about the way Barrett normally burps around the apartment, and I'll be in my room with my soundproof curtains as much. You know, I'm always yelling. I try to like I'm gonna disturb everybody, but let me disturb them as little as possible. But across the damn house, I'll just hear. <laughs> it's like jesus Christ. i know how to work the diaphragm man i've got that homer simpson burping me man i love that if you want more goofy kind of funny content let me tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny over on patreon.com slash kind of funny we got a bunch of goofy shows like remember blank like kind of feudy and so much more but you can also go there to get our shows ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. This time of year can be a lot. Having to figure out, am I getting a gift for this person? Am I not? Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do just that with therapy. You can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. And it can give you the tools to find more balance in your life. So you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. 
Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced your trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash kind of funny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash kind of funny. BetterHelp.com slash kind of funny. And we're back with story number three. PlayStation will not delete Discovery TV shows after all. This is Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz. PlayStation will no longer be removing over 1,300 Discovery TV shows from its platform next month. Sony had previously announced that users will not be able to watch Discovery content on PlayStation from December 31st, even if they had already purchased it. However, the firm now says that due to an updated licensing agreement with Warner Brothers, which owns the Discovery brand, consumers will now be able to access their previously purchased shows for at least the next 30 months. Uh, quote, similar to other services, we do not own the licensing rights to TV slash movie content that was previously available for, uh, for purchase on the PlayStation Store, PlayStation stated in the update. Quote, however, we've worked with Warner Brothers to update our licensing agreements, uh, ensuring that consumers will be able to access their previously purchased content for at least the next 30 months, end quote. Discovery shows include the likes of Mythbusters, Cake Boss, Deadliest Catch, American Chopper, An Idiot Abroad, Shark Week, How It's Made, Animal Planet Presents, and Street Outlaws. Cool. Uh, PlayStation stopped selling movies and TV shows from its stores in 2021. Uh, in August last year, it also removed purchased content from Studio Canal uh, due to evolving licensing agreements, uh, leaving users unable to view the shows they had bought. My question is... Who's out yeah, here? Yeah, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Who's out here I in 20, 2021 on their PlayStation store going, oh, man, I'm going to buy what, American Shopper and get mad when I can't fucking watch on my what PlayStation. What was the last one? Street Crime? What street Outlaws. Street Outlaws. What the Dude, fuck I need my Street Outlaws in 2023 on my PS5, I was, I was, I was on the side of the consumer until I read the list of shows. <laughs> And now I'm on the side of the corporations. What the you fuck are what? y'all doing on your PlayStations? <laughs> y'all yeah, gotta watch Cake uh, Boss that bad? Uh, yeah, look, I, uh, I'm i usually the type that, honestly, I rent a lot of movies from the Xbox, so I don't buy things. Um, I mean, th this is good, I guess. Like, I don't really... I feel like every other month we're going to have a story like this where it's like, hey, all the stuff you got taken away, you maybe have it again. Or, hey, all the stuff they took away, it's still gone until 2028 or whatever. It's it's this is going to be the reality of talking about video game stuff in the next 10 years when we talk about streaming services, when we talk about people um, buying media as opposed to doing the, the digital route. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what really pisses me off. OK, mm -hmm. tell you what really, really gets me going is when we talk about streaming services taking away stuff from their site and then everybody going fucking told you you should have bought physical media it's like look it was never we didn't buy into this streaming future with the assumption that this stuff would ever be taken away from us and like decided to just risk it like when all these streaming sites start popping up we're not going Oh man, I can't wait to buy that new streaming site. It's really going to stink when they take away a lot of our stuff, but you know, hopefully we have a couple years of that content. Like th that was never the intention uh, of 
or, or, or never in our minds when we signed up for this all sh- digital, all streaming future. So I fucking hate the told you so wears out there. Oh, They're yeah. Like, that's why I got these DVDs. That's, it's why, like, that's, why, that's like, why I got my I physical bookshelves. I would have kept shelves. the DVDs too. I would have kept the DVDs of the physical media had I known that this shit could have possibly happened. Like th- this wasn't really on anybody's radar. We just thought, hey, we're going to be able to rent whatever we want and stream whatever we want. But when they take shows away and you go, thank God I got all seven seasons of fucking house, Dr. House. It's like, well, <laughs> thought, no, I yeah, didn't know man. they were going to take it away. That's bro. why I started collecting early. You know, you know, you know, I had the thankfully the early awakening and granted it's weird to talk about this show now because it turns out everybody on the on the show is a fucking weirdo is uh, that 70s show. Blessing, I don't know if you remember earlier on, early on, when Netflix was just kind of building up, they didn't have a lot going on except for that 70s show, Mm -hmm. and then one day, it was very scary, 70s show got taken off, and they're like, ah, we just don't, we don't have the license anymore, and people were freaking out because it was like one of four shows that they had, and then Mm -hmm. it magically came back, and so that was an awakening in high school of like, oh shit, this stuff can go away. Yeah. I I was going to say, everybody was walking up to- I told you so, Andy. (laughs) Everybody was walking up to Bear like, hey, Doc, you got that 70s show season three, man? I need it. You know, <laughs> fuck, like, I need Bear's it. just slinging out his DVD. <laughs> Bear, what, what what format do you have 70s show on? Is that you have DVDs or you have? No, that's one I I, I don't own. Oh, gotcha. gotcha but gotcha. I, I do collect other, like that was. What, Are you collecting DVDs shows... or Blu-rays? Like, what are you collecting? Oh, Blu-rays. And Blu-rays, so, okay. I, if there's shows that haven't been like um, transferred over. Uh, I might still have DVDs for, but I would have to go into it. The 70 show was never one I felt like I needed to actually own, but it did get me on my collecting uh, kind of a binge of, of things. There was a time that I was trying to collect every season of House. Did I give up on that eventually? Yes, I did. How many seasons they make of that goddamn show? How many houses you can make? House was on TV for a while, right? Because I remember always, I remember it was always on. The, what, what channel was that? Like USA Network or some shit? I, no, that was Fox. Was it Fox? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. All, I remember, like for a while, like every time I'd channel surf, I'm like, "Oh, more house! All right. yeah, <laughs> keep this guy on." Like, I always feel like Benedict Cumberbatch eventually evolves into house the way that guy looks. I can see it. Think about it. I can see it. Here's my thing: like a Charmander, Char, uh, Charmeleon sort of evolution. Because, like, I hear, I hear you on the physical uh, collection aspect, Barrett. I, my thing is though, though, like, you know, you're collecting Blu-rays. Isn't what's going to happen in like the next? 10 years is that we find a new format that's even better than blu-rays and blu-ray players become scarce and now like in 30 years you're sitting on this blu-ray collection that's unusable because or, or I is there a, the possi- yeah i don't think we see another like evolution of blu-rays because of the fixation on making everything digital like uh, I, I think this i guess that's even more so yeah yeah the the kind of like last iteration of physical types of media that we're going to get for uh a, a visual medium so that's why i'm if just anything, like yeah, we go I, back to vhs Oh, well, we regress. The, I'd be down. the Renaissance. We're going back to yeah, you know, vinyl guy. That's like again. VHS we're back to the days where ago. I uh, had the VHS for Wizard of Oz, and then for whatever reason, the last three minutes of that VHS is just some random fucking child eating oatmeal. Bring me back to those days. The VHS days were like when I started recording my first Let's Plays. Because like, remember having the blank VHS tape, and you would put in the thing, and then hit record, you know, record whatever was on TV. I'll just record my own Mario 64 gameplay when I was like six, Whoa. seven years. I, yeah, I used to do That's that. Innovative. I was doing that all the time because I loved watching back like my gameplay. Um, and I never put it together that I'm like, oh man, I was basically recording less. Like if I just like talked through it or like recorded my like recorded myself in a microphone, then yeah, I, I could I could have put out the first let's play, let's play ever. You know what I mean? That's wild, dude. I never even knew that was possible. Yeah, um, dude. I yeah. Look, what I guess I've just always never I've never understood buying 
buying media on a digital service. It, it's the it's more the streaming thing that I feel like I feel more screwed by. But the buying stuff definitely. I mean, you ex- look blessing. These people bought all thirty seasons of Cake Box. They they accept they expect to have Cake Boss ready for them when they get home. I get. And when I get that. Expired is something you purchase is just. That does suck. Yeah. That, and that's the thing is like, I'm coming from uh, at it from a place of jokes. Like, obviously, I think digital ownership should be ownership, right? Like, we should be able to retain Cake those boss things. isn't a joke, bless. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't not take uh, how it's made or Animal Planet presents or Street Outlaws seriously, right? Like, that's just, that shit is for real. Like, people are losing, that, be, losing their access. I'd be more interested in knowing the actual numbers of what, uh, of the amount of like people that lost access. Cause I, it does seem like a weird thing to buy on a weird platform. Like maybe, I mean, there's maybe a reason buy the DVDs of these shows or something. But I mean, I, I think there's imagine. a reason why PlayStation stopped selling like TV and movies on the store, right? Like it wasn't lucrative enough for them. So yeah, I think the numbers for specifically Cake Boss and Dead, actually no, Cake Boss and Deadliest Catch. I don't want to um, discount those because like those are popular things. But y'all are out here buying Animal Planets Presents on your PlayStation store. I got more questions <laughs> beyond what we're asking right here. Like, <laughs> why that one? Um, but yeah, like, I, I, this sucks, but it's good that it's actually being extended. Like, you know, I think that's a, that's a good step. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know, man, maybe go with Amazon for your digital purchases instead. But also that's going to fucking expire too someday, probably, right? Like, you can't really trust anything when it comes to this kind of, the kind of thing. And so yeah. it's scary out there. It's either just rent the thing you want to watch or buy it physically if you can and buying yeah. physical is the only thing that's going to show these studios that it's still a a, a means of making money like uh, that there's there's not a whole lot of hope out there now with the amount of articles you read every couple months or so that hey this best buy no longer sells physical or you have your friend being like yeah there's just no more dvds at target anymore that's going to keep going away unless you buy the stuff that you want to keep permanent mm. uh just don't buy stuff digitally. Like my parents bought Oppenheimer and they're like, Hey, by the way, you're probably going to see like a $20 bill on your Amazon prime. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Cause they <laughs> use my cool. account. So they, they want, they bought Oppenheimer digitally and that's probably going to disappear in about 10 years. So we'll see. Right. And I'm not to linger on this. Right. I think my, my main thing with physical is just the space. I don't have space in my apartment to keep collecting physical stuff. Like I already have enough physical uh, game uh, boxes. And then also I have like a physical DVD for Spider-Man 2, like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2. And like, that's, that's the only one I need. <laughs> like, I don't need more, more DVDs beyond that. <laughs> I like the idea I like of that blessing, you're like, like... Barry, you're collecting Blu-rays, but isn't that going to become irrelevant? And you still have the Spider-Man 2 DVD. Hey, guess what? Guess what? When we did Spider-Man in From review. Nearly 20 years ago. When we did Spider-Man in review with the Spider-Bros and it was me and it was uh, Carboni. Uh, Carboni was on it too. Guess what versions of Spider Man I watched? I put that thing into my PS4 and I watched it. And you know what, bless? If I was on the, the Spider Bros with you, as well. I would have been on there with you because I still also still have the Spider Man 2 DVD, buddy. See? Exactly. Let's fucking go. Me and we need a, you know what? We as kind of funny should make a one of those time capsules that we put underground for 20 years. Mm. And then when nobody can eventually get to it because the world's all flooded over. But like one day a submarine or an alien water life form ends up finding this time capsule and they open it up, a Spider-Man 2 DVD from Blessing at EA. <laughs> They're like, wow, this is cool. Thank you, Blessing. Hey, listen, I got to con- I got to contribute something to the world. Uh, st- story number four, Blizzard actively uh, Blizzard actively working to let all Overwatch 2 players experience a hero the day a season drops. This is from Ryan Dinsdale uh, at IGN. 
Overwatch 2 developer Blizzard Entertainment is actively working towards giving away new heroes to all players, not just those who buy a premium battle pass. Speaking on the Group Up podcast, Overwatch 2 executive producer Jared News uh, teased the major change to the game's monetization model, which currently only allows new heroes to be acquired instantly if a player uh, if players buy the premium battle pass at 1,000 Overwatch coins, which costs $10. Quote, would I like for every single player to be able to experience a hero the day that a season drops? Yes, uh, that's what News said. Uh, quote, do I think that we will get there? Yes, I do think that we'll get there and we're actively working towards it right now. Can I talk about the details? No, I can't, end quote. Blizzard does give away new heroes for, for free currently though. Uh, it's basic, oh sorry, currently through its basic battle pass. Uh, but only once players have worked through 45 tiers of it by playing matches and completing match uh, challenges. As new heroes are arguably the most exciting aspect of Overwatch 2, a hero shooter, uh, Blizzard limiting their access is a common fan complaint. Andy, do you, are you still playing Overwatch? How often are you booting up Overwatch 2? And do you identify this like as a thing, as an issue? Like, is this something that's bothered you when new heroes drop? Uh, especially it being such a core component of the game. But we're not talking about level gating um, cosmetics or something. Like, I... Even mm -hmm. that stuff can be kind of annoying at times, but when you're talking about when you're hopping into matches and you're playing against a character that you can't play as, and the more important, the more important annoying part of it is that when these new characters drop, they are always extremely OP, and that's how the developers get people to play them. And it's always at launch, so and so character is broken, and that's what you always hear about. And they are usually OP by design, and then they'll tune them back to becoming normal, but they want everybody to try them out and everybody to get them. And when you do play this free-to-play game, the only way to what it seems like to win at that point is to spend $10. And yeah, it's a, it's a hero shooter. Again, we're not locking away anything cosmetic or anything that just is an aesthetic change. You're locking away a, character, a playable character that uh, is one of five teammates you know or team members on your squad so yeah it does suck and i th this gives me a lot of confidence for for them to even say yes i do think we will get there i think that's a surefire sign that we're going to get this in the next three months or so you know like i i, hope, I don't man. think you give any hint of any sort of positive nature if you aren't confident that this thing won't happen you know yeah or yeah. will happen yeah i mean overwatch is uh, overwatch has gone through like such a weird evolution and evolution might not be the right word for it in the last couple of years where i look at over i used to be like if you asked me in 2016 what my game of the year was right i would tell you i'll tell you it was overwatch right overwatch i was fucking obsessed with it played it for years but now i feel like i look at it oftentimes and i'm like oh, it's kind of it's not really as recognizable right like the gameplay is still the same but like yeah like i, I, I the it's, like it's a it's a it's a battle pass system right andy it's like a, a battle pass mm -hmm. adjacent type thing yeah like when it went free to play with Overwatch 2, they introduced the Battle Pass, which I was really stoked about at the time be, with all the time that I put into Overwatch 2. And since then, I just have not played really. We talked about on the Gamescast recently that mm -hmm. largely every multiplayer game that I've ever really been into has gone ignored this year because of the amount of just massive. Yeah, uh, the, the, the massive amount of games out there that are of like very, very high quality that you have to kind of play. So anything multiplayer that I usually like Overwatch 2 was probably in my top 
three or five most played games last year when it came out. And it came out late, like in October or whatever. And that was in my top 10 of the year. I, when they went free to play, they went battle pass. And I was like, man, I'm so excited to grind a battle pass because at times when I was super into Fortnite grinding that battle pass, it's like, well, I don't, I'm not super in love with this game, but I'll do it for that cool skin or whatever the hell. Uh, Overwatch, having a battle pass was such a cool idea for me, mm-hmm. especially in once you kind of find that rhythm of gameplay. And uh, I just largely fell off of Overwatch because of everything else that came out. Yeah. And I think for me, like, I, the idea of a battle pass isn't necessarily bad to me because I there are plenty of games that have battle passes that I think are doing a great job with it. Um, but yeah, like, for, I think the shift to it, structurally it has like changed my desire to go back to, to to overwatch at least like i guess especially for the character aspect of like needing to actually level up or buy um like the premium thing to get the character that i think just sucks but i don't know like loot boxes back in the day back in the day being like 2016 2017 became like such a controversial thing but i feel like overwatch's form of how they did loot boxes i almost prefer more so than like in a battle pass system Cause like at that, at the very least, like I didn't feel like I had to unlock anything, right? Like it was, all right, cool. Let's roll for the cosmetics. Cool. I got this cool Reaper skin. I'll apply it. And then I go back and play the game the way I want to play the game. Um, but yeah, maybe it is just the character thing, right? Maybe once they figure out like this character situation, I go to it. I'm like, oh, actually this is better. But um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> go for it. One thing I've always wondered that is kind of unrelated. Um, like the term battle pass mm-hmm. came through with Fortnite. How is that not just like a trademark Fortnite thing? And how did everybody else just start using the word battle pass? Did, is the, like is the, it called a battle pass in Overwatch or do they have a fun name for it? No, like it's it's called the it's called their like they have their premium battle pass. Call of Duty has their battle pass. Oh, yeah, I just I was always pass. like I was always confused that you know, I thought Fortnite would have like, hey, this is our thing. You all call yours or whatever the hell you want to call it, but this is our version of it. Or did the whole industry has a like come together and go, hey, the way that we're all gonna make a shitload of money is by this thing called this battle pass. And we all gotta be able to use this phrase so that it becomes, you know, ubiquitous amongst the industry. I wonder if I got two questions. Uh, one the first one being a joke, right? Where I wonder if like somebody epic was like, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot. Like I was supposed to trademark this thing. My bad, guy. <laughs> Shit, shit. God damn it. But my second question is, I know Fortnite popularized it. Was Fortnite the first battle pass, or was there a battle pass? Like, did Dota two have a battle pass, or did like was there another online game that had actually originated it, where like Fortnite just took it? Uh, it looks like Dota two during an event surrounded the internet. Uh, they called. They called the compendium. It provided unique in-game. So the, it looks like Dota 2 called it something different. Gotcha. But it, it seems like... Uh, so Valve added campaign passes to Team Fortress 2. This is all according to Wikipedia. Donate now. I'll donate later, Wikipedia. Uh, and it <laughs> seems we, like... We never donate later. <laughs> I've donated. I've donated to Wikipedia. Re- okay, never mind. I, 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 feel, I feel guilty sometimes. I, I feel guilty uh, all the time. To- I should donate. Yeah, this looks like it. the The words "battle pass" was popularized with Fortnite. The newly coined battle pass was added starting its second season during a time when the game uh, was seeing a large growth in player base. Battle passes are purchased through in-game currency called V Bucks. Blah blah blah. And at the same time, Fortnite was becoming a success. The video game industry had been dealing with the issue of loot boxes, so it seemed like everybody was like, "Yeah, let's go with the term battle pass." Call of Duty Mobile, Clash of Clans, Brawl Stars, Halo Infinite. Super, everybody got it. Well, there you go. Fascinating. The more you know.
Final news story, story number five, uh, disaster zombie MMO the day before uh, is going for big bucks on the gray market. This is Michael McWherter at Polygon. I love that disaster can be taken in a lot of different ways. Uh, just two weeks ago, a long-awaited post-apocalyptic survival game the day before landed on Steam with a thud, drawing thousands of negative player reviews and thousands more refunds from unhappy buyers. Five days later, developer uh, Fantastic announced it was shutting down and removed the day before from Steam. Now, that disastrous release is commanding high prices on reseller sites where gray market Steam keys for the day before are going for more than $200. That's according to price tracker GG.deals, uh, spotted by Kotaku, which shows secondhand Steam keys for sale between $215 and $485, not including fees. Uh, GG.deals uh, price tracker shows the day before keys uh, for sale on sites like Kingwin, K4G and Gamivo uh, markets that I traditionally... hope I never have to go to one of these websites. <laughs> like, that sounds like a sounds... virus is waiting for me. It's like I it just it's an area that I am out of my element and I would not feel comfortable being there. Uh, while those markets have uh, uh, while those markets have generally high ratings for c customers on the website <laughs> Trustpilot, it's not always clear that keys sold through them were obtained legitimately. Uh, GG.deals even lists the number of, of risks associated with each reseller it tracks. Uh, some of those keys could have been obtained by resellers through honest methods, with owners of extra Steam keys uh, looking to capitalize on the day before before's unavailability. In fact, some players of the day before have reported receiving free Steam keys from the developers and even Fantastic CEO by simply emailing the studio asking for a hookup. With nothing more to lose, developers have reportedly complied. That's fucking insane. This is the all-digital future that so many people want. That is absolutely wild. Uh, and also, yeah, what a what, one, what a trash fire this whole thing has been with the day before. But then also, what a scam! And like, part of me has to ask, and this is me putting on the hat of a greedy capitalistic CEO of a company that I just I, I just shut down. Do you think that David, like people, like fantastic, like higher ups or people that worked on the game are on these sites being like, yeah, we got all these keys and they're selling for fucking two hundred bucks each. What if we just went on these sites and fucking sold all our keys? Cause like that has to be the natural, that has to be what's happening, right? Am I what crazy else are we for that? Do with them? Yeah, they're just sitting on these keys, so they're probably like, "Hey, yeah, like our game shut down, but people are buying them for hundreds of dollars. Let's just fucking sell them." Are they? Are they allowed to do that? Probably not. Yeah. Huh. Sort of, like, oh, I, can, also, I can see the through line, especially three days or what was it? Three five days after the game came out, they're like, "Yeah, fuck it, we're done." Like they, uh, I forget what uh, I think I was listening to Remap Radio uh, or a, a different podcast where they were talking about like there was a probably a, like a ninety percent chance that like when they were releasing this game, they knew this was going to be That's, the trajectory. Here's my thing: I don't think these guys are above doing something illegal. <laughs> like they're just based on the fact that they put out this game and it was a fucking like barely a game, and then they unreleased it that same or like what the next week or so, and then shut down the company like. They knew what the game was when they put it out. They knew what they advertised, right? Like, I, the whole thing from the get-go has been a scam. I think scammers be scamming. And the fact that, yeah, this new story is like, oh, yeah, people are hitting up Fantastic being like, yo, let me get some keys. And they're just giving them the keys. Be like, cool, do what you, do what you want. Sell them. Like, they, they, mm, I, don't, mm, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like this. I don't like what's going on here. We're going to get some more oh, stories from this. Somebody's going to get arrested based off of this. You're, you're right. Like, this... The fact that any of this happened at all means that some people went about this knowing that shit's going to hit the fan. You don't release this game in that status 
thinking that everything's going to be cool and you're just going to have this game that lives on and you work on it forever like you know that you're releasing something out there that is going to catch a lot of heat from the industry especially after all the hype up especially all of the you know the the false promises and everything i you know this is all very reckless in terms of like accusing what they're they may be doing but i i just wouldn't put it past at this point it's like you can't trust them at all like you you can't trust anything that they've said so far and uh the fact that these keys are out there selling for that amount is just like at this point it's like an nft yeah <laughs> like, basically yeah. it'll be worth nothing in a month or whatever you know so i i wouldn't think too hard on this is this kind of reminds me of that game dark and darker which was removed from steam and then is now just kind of being sold through other websites uh because they were dealing with like with a copyright issue uh and yeah i i i don't know this is all this all like this all smells really bad you know yeah well andy i'm curious to see if the smell gets any worse but the smell worsening is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got the Rumble Fish Plus for PC. Three minutes to eight for Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PS5, PS4, and Switch. We got no new dates for you, but we do have a deal of the day. Uh, Steam's winter sale is starting today, uh, so go over to Steam, check out the winter sale, see what's up. I wanted to include some things from the winter sale, but the sale started at 10 a.m. at the same time as the show, so I didn't have time to prep it. Uh, but go over to Steam, see what's up. You know, see if you can find any cool deals. I'll look some stuff up right now. Yeah, Andy's going to look some stuff up right now as I look up what's going on in kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Of course, that's where you write in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. We got one you're wrong from Just Tom who says, Andy was sarcastically talking about owning all seven seasons of House. It's actually eight seasons. So there you go. Thank you. That's close. Thank you. <laughs> I had no idea. Be better. Uh, tomorrow's social of the show are going to be Greg and Tim. Andy, do you find any answers? What's going on in that Steam sale? Uh, sea of Stars down from $35 to $28. Ooh. We got we got uh, The Division 2, $9. This is a pretty good deal Whoa. for a $9 game. An the old Division? Game. Monster Hunter World is $10. Damn. There are just some whoppers of sales here, man. This Devin is, in chat says Elden Ring is 40% off. Is that real? Is that true? Because if so... That's a that's a deal that's right a there. Steal right there. That's right. crazy. Uh, Elden Ring is yes, forty percent off, down to thirty six dollars. Crazy. How much money do you save off that? Twenty four bucks. Is that how that works? Uh, um. Yeah. Yeah. It's like twenty four bucks. It. Yeah. If it's sixty bucks. Oh, listen, I'm a mathematician. Um, mm -hmm. what can you do with twenty four dollars? You can buy like a good what twelve McDoubles off of that. Because McDouble, okay, McDouble used to be a dollar, dollar on the dollar menu, but like inflation, right? So like I imagine it's probably a couple bucks now for a McDouble. You got to think tax as well, though. You could buy at least maybe 10 McDoubles off okay. of that, off of those okay. savings. And so <laughs> that's huge. Uh, tomorrow's hosts are going to be Greg and Tim. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily. And now it's time for the post show. Snowbike Mike's grabbing a chair. He's walking up. Wait, um, he is? 
Yeah, I mean he's right oh, there. Okay. Yeah. Where? Wait. Where, where, are we doing a post show? Are we supposed to end this? Yeah. No, we're doing a post show. I just didn't know Mike was yeah, coming. Yeah, we're doing on. a post show. Yeah. No, Mike's coming through. Didn't say Mike that on the calendar. You know. Fucking here, baby, ladies and gentlemen. It's Mike, and Mike's I gotta off. tell you yeah. <laughs> about the Gek deck in my first edition Andy Cortez trading card. Almost take me to the promised land. And then fucking losing me everything in the championship round. It was a big deal last night, y'all. If you didn't know, Bless, I'm playing Inscription. It's a hot little video game that no one told me about. I found it on You're the Steam page all by shit. myself. <laughs> I mean, the amount of times like, it'd be awesome to watch Mike play Inscription on the Kind of Funny stream. That would be a great idea. <laughs> That's a great game, Andy Cortez. It's a great game. Yeah, it is. What kind of game is it? <laughs> Oh, man, it's this card game. It's kind of like Magic and Hearthstone mixed with a little bit of horror twist. And uh, yeah, I got this cool. I'm calling it my Andy Cortez. It's it's a Gek deck. Yeah. Special card, the Gek. Yeah. I love but the deck. I have the uh, first edition Andy Cortez card. Fucking mm. seven seven two blood sacrifice. Ooh. Damn, cards fucking crazy. Yeah. Right? Card's crazy. I, oh, Take me to the promised land. Inscription is so fucking good, Mike. It's, like like, good it's such a good video. Inscription is so good. The, the, yeah, the mechanic game. of being able to like make your own card, too, is so mm -hmm. fucking good. Yeah, so I made it after my You don't even friends. know what's in store for you, piece of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. You <laughs> have no idea. Chat, what the heck is going on, everybody? Happy holidays and welcome to your Super Chat Post Show with me, Snow Mike Mike, and your two incredible show hosts. Of course, I got Blessing out of Yoye Jr. in the studio with my best friend, Andy Cortez, somewhere out in the wide, wide world in his bat cave having a good time. And gosh darn it. We're going to jump into some of your super chat questions, just like Raymond K. Hessel writes in and says, favorite Christmas tradition or holiday tradition? What do you like to do over the holidays? Open presents. Open <laughs> gifts? That, I is like that. Too, that. Is that too easy? Like, no, not at all. I like receiving gifts. That's one of my love languages. Um, what kind of gifts do you like, Bless? What can we get you to make sure that you feel loved all the time? What kind of gifts do you uh, like? I mean, like... Is it uh, like coffee? Is it like... Is it is it statues? No, not st definitely not statues. You don't want more statues on your desk. I mean games, right? Like a okay, board. I, nowadays a board game. Board like game. I don't like board I don't need video games. Okay. Um, but like board games would be dope. Um, <sighs> clothes. Like if you if if you see somewhere it's like oh this would look good on bless you know I'm down for that kind something of thing. Something fashionable. So, yeah, okay. something fashionable. Maybe socks, shoes. Socks. I like shoes. Shoes. Yeah. Okay. 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 Andy Cortez, what is your favorite Christmas tradition? Uh honestly just like overeating <laughs> like just feeling like garbage for the three days afterwards because you're eating so much and you know you don't need it but it just tastes so damn good i mean you already had that whataburger at the airport right oh my god come on spot, come on big dog what's the one dish you're excited to eat when you're back home with the family mashed potatoes oh i love mm. mashed potatoes gravy with that come on that's my favorite oh, thing you coming to the volleyball night I just remember. Yeah, I'm coming to Thursday. Uh -huh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Andy Cortez, when you come home, I'll be waiting for you with some warm spices. We'll go to spices together. It'll be a great oh, time. Oh, baby. Come Chris, on now. New York, a new Year's, day, new Year's dinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spurbs writes in with the $5 Super Chat and says, do developers hire people long-term or are most positions held only until a game is completed? What is the average time someone is at a company? Yeah, that's a great question. Andy Cortez, I'll turn to you. Yeah, what is the normal hiring process over at studios? Is it, hey, I'm here for the video game and then I leave? Or is it, oh, Mike is now a full-time employee at Sony Santa Monica and I'm there forever? What, what does that lo normally look there's like? A, there's a lot of different positions. There are like senior and junior positions that are 
they're not guaranteed to stay there. They are just salaried employees. Okay. There's contracted, there's contract employees where you'll see people say like, just finished my one year contact and I got renewed contract and I got renewed or whatever. Um, the thing that people don't love about the contracted uh, sort of work is you have to buy your own insurance because you don't get benefits from the company. Um, but yeah, just, it depends. I mean, you're, we've seen studios of all sizes and shapes have senior leadership positions where people have been there for 15 years and they get laid off because of whatever happened. Mm. Or you see people be there for eight months and then get laid off uh, because you're a redundancy. There's all sorts of different, um, I, I wouldn't know what the average time at a studio is though. That's seems pretty tough to say. I'd see, I'd say back in the day, it was a lot longer than today for sure. Street Shadow writes on the $5 Super Chat says, Hey, KF, I'm trying to decide on what game I should play during break. Should I retry Cyberpunk or Starfield? Keeping in mind the 2024 RPGs we have coming. Blessing, what should they play? Uh, I mean, I love Cyberpunk so much, so I'll say Cyberpunk. Uh, but also, like, I mean, I would say what mood are you in? Because if you're looking for something that is a bit more action-y, right? Like, I, I was in something that al almost leans more on the GTA side of things, like open-world mm. action-adventure, then I would say Cyberpunk for sure. But if you are in the mood for something that is, like, yeah, more RPG in the sense of it being more sim, more, you know, like, taking your time, going through quests, doing all that stuff, then I could see you maybe being more in the mood for a Starfield. But if you're asking me which one I like more and which one I would recommend more, I would say Cyberpunk. And, and if you fell off of Cyberpunk because of technical issues like i guess it all depends on why you fell off in the first place right uh, if you fell off because you weren't really digging the gameplay then don't do it again because it's going to be the very it's going to be a similar gameplay and i don't think anything can turn you around on how you're feeling about the game but if you initially fell off because it just ran like garbage and you weren't happy with the performance of the game and those bugs everywhere but if you still like saw the vision and felt uh enjoyment through those uh small moments where there weren't people's faces doing weird shit or people just floating and cars exploding out of nowhere then go back with cyberpunk i also it's well i was going to say phantom liberty is a shorter experience but the full cyberpunk experience i would love to like clone myself and then ask that clone how he felt about starting a new character today and playing all the way through phantom liberty like that has to be such an amazing time I like that yeah. i like that uh say chalet writes some of the five dollar super chat and says game prices Static, salaries up, fans want more and more from AAA. Only option is to cut costs. Maybe adopt Nintendo's model of low graphics, but still AAA. Like I need you to speak into that microphone. Speak into the microphone. Stop <laughs> putting it into your you. cheek. I'm speaking into you, Blast. <laughs> no, you're you're literally putting your microphone two days in a row in I your need, fucking you know what? cheek. We need to just say it right now. I need the Britney Spears microphone. Okay, I, Andy knows I move. Okay, I'm free. I'm flowing. He's okay, moving to shake. I'm moving. You and don't know where I am like at the battlefield. And the stick mic you're holding doesn't prevent okay? you from moving. <laughs> I'm out on the battlefield Wait, right now. Can you now. give me the question one more time? Because I'm going to read the question. On, I bear it leaning out of his window. I know. <laughs> I know. Game the price. Justin Timberlake headset. <laughs> give me the headset, Andy. Okay. God damn it. Give me the headset. <laughs> Game price static. Uh -huh. Salaries up. Fans want more and more from AAA. Only option is cut costs. Maybe adopt Nintendo model of low graphics, but still AAA. I don't think developers want to do that. Yeah. Like, I don't think these, like, a lot of it comes down to game direction. And you, you can, 
it's not just the 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 fidelity of these games it's the size and the scope of them as well like it, mm. you could still have a smaller ish looking game with like incredibly realistic looking characters it just comes down to like is that a 10 hour game or a 35 hour rpg yeah. where every character has that same level of detail and everything you know yeah i mean i think to parts of that right like i mean by the way i think one of the things they said was salaries are up and i think mm -hmm. I maybe if you're talking about executives, sure, and I maybe part of that is, hey, maybe executives shouldn't make as much. Maybe that money should be spread around a little bit more, um, or maybe some of that money should be allocated toward retaining people on the job. Um, so I, th I, I think there's that when you're talking about like the worker aspect of it. But in terms of like the games thing, I, yeah, I don't like I'm with Andy. That I don't know. Like, there's more to game development and its costs than just graphics and fidelity. Um, I think it is. How long does it take to make this game? Right? Like, how much content do we have in this thing? How much like how much is the talent they're hiring to perform in this thing, right? Like how much is, uh, like there's, there's, there's a long list of things that we can go, uh, go through that are costs. Um, I, I also it. just wanted to quickly throw out that I, I don't want to, I didn't want to make it seem like, um, developers don't want to make lower quality looking games. Like I say lower quality, but I mean like the, the Nintendo stylized type games. I, I, when I said that, I mean that like developers don't want to, let their vision get in the way of what they want to make like they don't want hey lower cost so that means that you can't make the game that you've always envisioned in your head i it, like of course people small devs big devs they love making stylized looking games games that look where characters look like fortnite as opposed to looking like joel from the last of us part two like there's all sorts of different styles to go around um i didn't want to make it seem to like no developers don't want to make games like that it's just more of there are developers that want to make super realistic looking games and they shouldn't let budget get in the way of that. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I don't know the breakdown of the development of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and what, like how much money certain things about it costs. Right. But like, I look at Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and like, I know probably um, the, I'm sure people look at that and go, Oh, it's lower graphics than God of War. Right. But like, there's so much, like there's so much that you're not seeing when you distill a video game down to just like, Oh yeah, like God of War looked more crisp, therefore more expensive than a Zelda, right? Zelda has fucking a physics system unlike anything else in video games that I'm sure cost Nintendo a buttload of money to figure out and develop and take. And like again, a lot of that goes into time that you're taking to develop, uh, and time costs money, right? Like they also the, sat on it for a year. Yeah, and that that's exactly the next thing I was, I was gonna yeah. say, right? Like we talked, they talked about in interviews about how they spent a year just on polish and. Do you know how much money it costs to pay people, like pay a full team of developers for a year and not make money off of that game for a year to just work on? That's a lot of money. Uh, and I think that is, that also lends itself toward like the development costs for a video game, right? And so like, I, you know, I think it goes way beyond uh, graphics. I think, you know, it's the tough uh, decisions that you need to make as like somebody who might be leading a studio of, hey, we want to make our dream project. We want to make a um like the biggest high fidelity first party game possible and make it shine make it sing um but you know i think at the same time you have to go what do we sacrifice to do that right like are we and like maybe it isn't sacrifice right maybe it is the ceo how do we manage <laughs> we sacrifice our ceo throw him into the well yeah <laughs> um but maybe it is hey if we're going to make a game that is going to be that's going to play like this and have this level of ambition we're also going to make it 15 hours right i think it is the give and take of managing a scope and managing a pipeline that's going to support your business needs as a creative studio at the same time. Mr. Nichols writes in with the $5 super chat and says, kind of funny 
Sony sold 50 million consoles, but Nintendo and Xbox make more profit. Switch is the number one hardware, and Sony closing studios out if the three. That's Wait. just what it says. Well, was was there out of the three, probably, probably out of the three. Everybody's closing. Out of the three, yeah. Everybody's three. losing employees. Sony yeah, I don't want. Oh, I see, I see. I mean, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. this. I mean, this. This mostly sounds like a, huh? Kind of interesting that Sony's make selling the most consoles. Mm-hmm. Make really makes you think, sort of post. Uh, but Mr. Nichols, like everybody's losing jobs. This isn't just a Sony thing. Um, I think like when you close a studio, how far away is that really from laying off thousands of employees from another place? Like it, it's all bad stuff. We don't have to like compare that sony stuff is a little bit worse and the other bad stuff happening like who gives a shit it's all bad um this yeah this this post reads to me like somebody that like wants to kind of make fun of sony and i really think that everybody needs to get shit talked about when it comes to laying off developers and uh closing studios and whatnot yeah i just think my capitalistic uh corporation is better than your capitalistic corporation andy and i want you to talk about it okay yeah I love them so much. It's like, do you, you got money? Are they making you any money? Then why do you give a fuck? Yeah, like, honestly. This goes for everybody, not just Mr. I don't want to sing out Mr. News, but like, I, when, it, oh gosh, it's just like, it's, whenever I see the tribalism, I want to make both sides at, angry with me. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, I don't give a fuck. It's, it's like, but like, if, 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 if you aren't the daughter or the son of one of these CEOs or something, then why do you give a, singular fuck yeah it's the thing you're where, not like, make, this isn't impacting you at all all it does is like give you something maybe better or worse to play and you could just go and play that better or worse thing on a different place as well but it's not helping your bottom line it's not helping your day to day all it's doing is making you fight with people on the internet that are equally as stupid as you so why do you care yeah and it's the thing where i think it's a lot of people are are i guess just bored Right. Like the fact that anytime I see any like console war type stuff online, my immediately my immediate go to is to look away, ignore it. Don't don't um, pay I any regard everybody. because it is like because that is people, people being bored or people trolling or people making bad faith arguments. Uh, and like it is like very, very much lately. Right. I've been seeing a lot of the console war stuff pop up in a way where I'm like, oh, man, this doesn't even feel like a vocal minority. Like a lot of people are involved, like are like you know, spouting all these arguments. And I, I, I feel for it on like a, like a IGN outlet, right. Type thing, or plenty of games media outlets where like a lot of people will come at an IGN talking about like, Oh man, like you guys are fucking PlayStation. Like you guys are siding with PlayStation, all these things. You guys must be biased. And I'm like, no, I guarantee you nobody gives a fuck over there about like any sort of like tribalistic aspect of um I guess console war bullshit, right? Like people have preferences, people have all that stuff, right? Everybody to some extent has their own bias. But like I, I usually just make fun of like the whatever side's mad. Like if, if like if I like I love just like seeing, you know, if if PlayStation gamers are angry at Xbox or Xbox gamers. It's like you're all idiots, man. Yeah. You're all so stupid. Mike, you might know where this came from. Where where did the Xbox tax thing come from? Oh, I have no idea. No. I don't. I, I don't read Twitter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I watch One I, Piece, Barrett, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Barrett, still keeping the One well. Piece. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then this, I just saw Destin McGarry tweet uh, about it, and I was like, oh god. And what, here's the thing. Noir and Game says, I don't know about that one. Blessing. IG has been called out multiple times for their bias. 
I, the, it, I, for me, the thing that annoys me this week about that particular argument is that people for a while have been saying, oh, play, like, iGen's PlayStation bias, PlayStation bias. And then this week, when they do the thing, when, they're, when they report on news about PlayStation leaks, that obviously is like, a, well, PlayStation is going to hate the fact that they're doing that, right? But it's part of their job as reporters to report on things. And they report on PlayStation shit. Y'all then get mad at them for reporting on it. And it's like, so we're biased, but we're also against them? Like, you guys make such bad faith arguments. <laughs> I like that Jim Tasty writes, it comes from the phantom tax. If I lived with Andy, I'd be eating all of his food. <laughs> Anytime Andy gets something, I'm eating some of it. You know what I mean? Because we're a family, me and Andy. We're a family. Mike tax. He has, he has, Mike tax. He has no uh, food to, to give. He just, oh, uh, man. You know, he but just like, orders pizza, and then every once in a while, he'll write an ominous message on his pizza box. <laughs> eat, eat, Barrett, eat, eat pizza, Barrett. <laughs> Let's I get didn't want to do it, dude. I was like, I don't need these leftovers, bro. It's so good. Let's get through this. We got a couple more fun ones. Thank you to all the best friends out there supporting and super chatting to have a fun conversation. And well said, all of you out there. Street Shadow with the $5 super chat says, one more thing, kind of funny crew. I know the D2 raid never happened, but if you ever need a Sherpa or if anyone in the chat wants to run, I'm happy to lead. I'm raid ready right, Mike, anytime. I blamed you in the games cast. I said Mike didn't want to do the raid. <laughs> ladies, Mike ladies also threatened I'm us with ready. his presence. <laughs> it, it was me, Washburn, and Chris Anka being like, all right, well, Mike, fuck you. And Mike being like, no, fuck you. I'm joining you all in Destiny. Exactly. We're like, no, we don't want you. <laughs> I'm raid ready. I'm part of the team now. I want to be with you. <laughs> I'm a key cog. <laughs> uh, Cozy Bear writes in and says, what video games does Santa Claus play after work? Blessing. Ooh. What does the big guy up north play? <laughs> GTA. GTA. He's playing, oh, wow. he's playing GTA San Andreas, and he's doing the thing where he's like, "How long can I survive on five stars?" And what is I would say the, like Mario Sonic of the Winter Olympics or something. Oh, I <laughs> see. I think he <laughs> like needs that. to like get out his dark side. Is I think he's going home. I think he's yeah. playing Manhunt. Mm, I think he's, he's. I think he's, he's got <laughs> kids. He's like, wow. I'm fucking. T- I'm tired after a long 24 hours flying around the earth. You think I need doing, to let out some steam. You think he's loading up in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre and like only playing as like the the villain guys? One thousand percent. I was just thinking him playing Call of Duty, being like all these fucking these, these crouch sliding kids. I'm sick of them. You know. I think he goes these slide canceling kids. I think he watches YouTube compilations of Mortal Kombat fatalities. Wow. <laughs> 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 Scoopball420 with the $10 Super Chat says, Happy Holidays. Y'all enjoy your break. Andy, where can I watch your full Phantom Liberty playthrough? I just finished and was thinking about you reacting to the final battle. Hence the little fight. Oh, dude, I regret to inform you, I, I played the rest of it off stream. And uh, it was awesome. <laughs> I wish I'd recorded it, but it, I, uh, it also like wasn't performing super well. And there were times where I'm like, well, I'd rather stream this. Cause that's going to do better numbers, but I'd rather just play cyberpunk off stream and not, I just kind of have that for myself. And it was, it was awesome. So sorry. It's not online. Okay. Uh, Sergio writes in and says, bless, please try the patty melt at Whataburger. A regular (sighs) burger from there will never do the pride of Texas justice. I love a patty melt so much. I'll, I'll do that for you. He's a patty. I love a patty melt so much. Patty melt guy. Yeah, people. Yeah, I, I'm always so embarrassed when people are like, "Oh, dude, what's your order? What a burger! I'm here for the first time." It's like, don't go by my. Like, I, I always, I'm a basic little bitch. I get, I just get pickles and lettuce on my what a burger junior because I like the small burgers because it, the the buns get toastier. Oh, so good. God. Spicy ketchup. Get spicy ketchup with your fries. Oh my god, amazing. Um, 
failure to think with the $5 Super Chat says, any of you have any personal goals you want to achieve in 2024? Have a great vacation soon. Look forward to a new year of Kind of Funny content. Bless, you got any goals? Uh, I mean, wants to stream Dark Souls 1 on the Kind of Funny stream. Oh, that'd apparently. be cool, man. Oh, man. I'd be Dark Souls 1. That means you're going to breeze through it. I mean, listen, all right? I, I did be the damn thing. You know, just, just, pay me a, just pay me a few extra thousands, Greg Miller. Okay, <laughs> you know okay, I mean? okay. Up his pay, um, up his pay, I'll do it. Up his pay, I'll do it. I mean, I mean, I think I'll probably create some fitness goals. Like, okay. I want to I wanna get into better shape. It's been fun, like, doing sports and then, like, starting to go to the gym a little bit more in mm -hmm. this second mm -hmm. half of the year. Uh, so I want to continue that and then, like, also maybe go to the gym a few more days out of the week. Uh, so there's that. I also want to collaborate with, like, more people. I, I think this year... I feel like this year, way more so, or way less so than previous years, I've not been on as many uh, podcasts, like, doing guest stuff and, like, you know, collaborating with other um, creators. And so, mm. in 2024, I think I, I want to try to make a big push to actually, like, get on more people's stuff and collaborate more with people. I like that. Call a blessing. He's available. Call get him up. on. He'll collaborate. Andy, what are your goals? Is it to spend more time with me? You can say it. <laughs> Maybe you and I, we play, we play a video. We play, cuts off his camera. We, we play sports together. I don't, I don't know, man. Don't die, I guess. <laughs> it's a great goal. It's a goal. Stay up. Stay alive, y'all. I like up. that. Like, stay, stay up. up. Okay. <laughs> gotta stay up, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, that's where we're going to end today's Super Chat Post Show. So many of you wrote in with some fun ones and some spicy ones. And we appreciate you. Thank you for bringing the energy and the fun. Uh, of course, the goal for today, stay up, y'all. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>